off the trade deadline. The guy that was just as busy as everyone else out there, Mike Kelly. Back on the real Kipper and Bourne show. Hockey analyze, uh, analyst specializing in analytics, NHL Network, Sports Logic. How was your trade deadline, Mike Kelly? It was great, fellas. It was uh, busy. There was kind of a steady flow of trades, I thought. It was good. It wasn't like there were the, these huge lulls. So uh, it was fun. And uh, now we see how it all works out for all these teams, right? Did we get a final count of the number of trades or the number of players involved? I believe it was 33 trades, but not sure the players involved. Okay. All right. I mean, it always falls into like a 25, 30 kind of range, isn't it? I thought maybe this went, might be a little lighter, but uh, overall, when you factor in uh, the pandemic and the cap issues, um, still fairly, uh, fairly big number. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think the year before there was 17, so... Definitely a spike there, and I, I, I don't know what the exact latest is, but maybe there'll be another one with the whole the dawn of uh, Vegas Anaheim yeah. mess that's going on. No kidding. So you watched uh, closely, did a lot of breakdowns. Uh, is there any team that you think made the largest strides uh, over the course of the week leading up to the deadline? Um, I saw you did a video that included Flurry. Maybe it's Minnesota for you. Yeah, Minnesota's a good one. Um, you know, I like the fact that Minnesota – it's not like goaltending was a glaring weakness for them, um, but they thought they could be better there. And when you just look at goals saved above expected, trying to isolate goaltending impact, they were around even and around, you know, 22nd, 23rd in the league. Their, their team defense at even strength is very good. Um, they don't allow a lot off the cycle. They don't allow a lot in front of their net. So they thought, hey, what if we, what if we get this guy? We, they obviously know what Fleury did to them last year and, Minnesota and Vegas won seven games. So they think they're right there with the top teams in the West. So that was a, a good ad for them. They get Jacob Middleton, good depth, physical defender, and uh, a little tougher, too, with Delorier. So Mini's a good one. Colorado, I love the, the moves they made. Josh Manson, hard to play against. Lekkonen is a Swiss Army knife. Um, someone who I think could end up being kind of the sneaky pickup. He's like a Brandon Hagel, good kind of third-line role probably on a competitive team. Um, and then the Rangers made some good moves too. Like Andrew Kopp's a heck of a player. I think he'll be great in the playoffs. I want to go back to uh, Flurry for a second because it just seemed, Mike, that there was uh, apparently only one goalie available uh, during yesterday's trade deadline, and it was Flurry or nobody. And there's some teams that said even if we got Flurry, we don't know what we're getting. His numbers aren't great, and he doesn't look that great, and yada yada yada. Where 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 do you see Flurry's uh, impact? with Minnesota. Yeah, that's true. And that's a good point, Kipper. He hasn't been at the level he was at last year. And, you know, that's a pretty high bar when you win the Vesna Trophy. So, um, you know, there's a couple of things. I mean, he goes to Chicago. I, I you know, you don't know that he was play, obviously planning to go there or if he was going to go and he decides to go. And the Hawks at the start of the year, they were an absolute mess defensively under Jeremy Carlton. Um, they got, they've been better, you know, with the coaching change, but, they're still a leakier team than most. So now you're going to Minnesota, uh, a team, like I said, that, that doesn't give up a ton of quality. He's not going to face the same type of shots. And he, he doesn't have to go there and be the guy either, right? Like Minnesota, they've got Cam Talbot. And, you know, he's been kind of okay too and up and down. But if one of those guys gets hot, we know what the ceiling is on both of them. So 
I, I think that's probably what they're banking on. They're hoping it's flurry because that ceiling is very high. But at the end of the day, it's, it's not like he's going there to be the starter because all they have is a backup. Yeah, so here in Toronto, they uh, add Mark Giordano. They bring in Colin Blackwell. Travis Dermott goes out. Uh, didn't get a goaltender. What were your thoughts on the Leafs' uh, deadline acquisitions and uh, and how much better the, the, these guys should make them? I, I like them. I thought, uh, you know, look, we, we talked about the goaltending before, and um, I don't think it's a good spot to be in if you're a team and, and you think you really have a chance to win a Stanley Cup and the word hope has to be in the equation. Mm-hmm. Like Florida, they're hoping Aaron Eckblad comes back sometime in the first round, but what's Florida without Aaron Eckblad? Toronto's hoping Jack Campbell is the all-star Jack Campbell, um, but they don't know. So like I've talked about this pretty much all year when we talk about the Leafs and giving up a lot of goals, and it's really more the goaltending than the team defense to me. So, uh, you know, as Kipper said, if, if the goaltending options weren't there, then what do you do? You get even better defensively. And Colin Blackwell can help you in a depth role. And Mark Giordano is still a really good play killer. Like, he can kill plays at the blue line. He can kill plays in the defensive zone. He's not some hulking six-foot-four, you know, monster defenseman, but he uses his size really well. And he can obviously uh, do it offensively, too. So, with Giordano, yeah, you got a guy that even Seattle, a team that gives up a lot of goals, they're not bad defensively other than that. Um, he's he's not on the ice for a lot of cycle chances again. And he makes a good first pass. He'll help you get out of the zone. So I thought the Giordano uh, move was a great one. You know, if uh, for me, it depends if uh, Sandine comes back anytime soon. Uh, in terms of Sandine and how he's elevated his game in the last, uh, what, uh, month, month and a half, back half of the season... It's almost as if if you've lost Sandine, and hopefully it's not for the season, then it's almost as if uh, Gio has to come in and, and kind of. You just wonder if it's a lateral move if you lose Sandine having you know, Giordano back now. I mean, they had to improve, right? Yeah, I think I think they get better though. I mean, I guess the one thing, you know, Kipper and, and Borny, you guys can speak to this is how much of a bump is it getting a captain, a leader, a guy with playoff experience like Giordano, and, and Sandine's still kind of, you know, growing in the league. Um, so there's that part of it. Um, and I think, you look, it gives you options too, which is great, right? So where's, where's Giordano going to play? I guess we'll see as things go along. Um, but Riley and Brody have played together and done really well together in the past. Um, Brody and Giordano have played together in Calgary, and that's, that was the partner uh, that he had when he won the Norris Trophy in 2019. So uh, options flexibility is probably what you're asking for as a coach. And if everyone's back, everyone's healthy, they, they definitely have that on the blue line. You know, one thing I don't know the answer to that I bet you do is, is Ben Sherratt good? Like, you know, he gets a lot around <laughs> trade deadline and he, he's an available name and everyone talks about these guys that are available. Like they're unbelievable, but like, I don't know. He seems okay to me. Is, is he that good? This is a really interesting debate, right? Because you even get people on the analytics side saying, oh, his analytics are no good. Um, here's my take on Ben Sherratt. So I watched him, you know, living in Montreal, but obviously he went to the cup final last year. I watched him a lot. And, yeah, he's, he's pretty good effective defenseman for the Canadians. They don't get that far without him um, and without that top four. But 
Here's the thing. If you're just going to measure Ben Sherratt on whatever you want analytics-wise, on ice impacts, et cetera, halfway through that Toronto series, Montreal pretty much went to four defensemen. They didn't play the other two guys very much at all. And Ben Sherratt ate huge, huge minutes along with the other three guys in that top four. So if you're going to measure Ben Sherratt against other top four defensemen in the league in the playoffs and, and look at his last year, well, did those other top four guys have to play that much and, and eat those kind of hard minutes? True. It, it's, it's not apples to apples is all I'm saying. And, no, his analytics were not great. Neither was any of the other three guys in the top four for Montreal's defense. But if that's all that matters, how did they get to a cup final with a team that's not loaded with superstars? So there's some gray there. Um, so I, I'm not really, you know, 100% on one side of it or the other. And, like I said, I've watched them play enough to know that Going to a corner with them, it's not fun. You try to post up in front of the net, it's not fun. And I always say this about defensemen. Think about Jack Johnson. Think about Cody Ceci. Think about Eric Goodbranson. People that, you know, analytics wrote them off years ago. They're not, it's not that they're not good enough to play in the league. They were in situations that they shouldn't have been put in or couldn't handle. So look at a guy like Goodbranson. Now he's doing great in Calgary because Daryl Sutter says, I know what you are. Don't be anything other than that, and you'll be fine. Luke Shen. Luke Shen, perfect example. So Ben Sherratt in Florida, he doesn't have to carry the mail there. I think he'll be fine. There is a sense, though, when it comes to either the trade deadline or free agency that there is uh, the emotional element that drives prices up on both sides there. And, you know, the pressure of wanting to win. And, I mean, I don't know. Like, you, you, you look at those prices and you're, like, sometimes shaking your head. But there's the emotional aspect of it, and teams and fans get caught up in it. I think we saw that yesterday. Yeah, there's always some of that. And uh, there's some overpays. I mean, that this isn't even about really a contender, but the, the good brand, the, uh, sorry, the Hamannick to Ottawa trade. I can't wrap my head around that at all. So like a third round pick. And then I think and Dermot went a couple hours later for a third round pick. Um, mm-hmm. There's some loopy stuff that doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but yeah, free agent, it's like anything. You, you know, buy a house and there's a bidding war, right? There's uh, prices go up and, you use Giordano as an example. You know, Toronto wants to win a cup. They want to be a contender. They want to make a move. They didn't have to give up a first-round pick. They didn't have to give up a top prospect. Um, so that the, the trades like that, I think, can be you know, pretty successful. You know one that um, I shake my head at is uh, Pat Verbeek in Anaheim moving Lindholm. Now, there was some talk that Lindholm wanted eight times eight. And at 6'5 for eight years, I get that you want assets, but you also have to field the team. And those assets, like first-rounders and second-rounders, they're, they're good, but they're not, they're not great when you think about trying to replace a guy like Lindholm who munches 22, 24 minutes and will for the next five or seven years. And I'm just wondering now, at 6'5", at the value that a Lindholm could give you in Anaheim, why didn't you just sign him? Yeah, 
I like Hampus Lenholm a lot, and I think the 6-5 deal that he got is pretty much market value. I mean, look at the last couple of years, guys in their late 20s, who, you know, maybe different kind of defensemen, but the same type of value. Cam Fowler, Justin Falk, Tory Krug, all signed similar kind of deals. So I, I didn't think it was an overpay or anything no. by Boston. Um, it's a really good price. Yeah, I guess what I wonder is two things. Number one, um, if Lynn, let's say Lindholm wanted eight times eight and he wasn't going to get it, would he have taken eight times six and a half to stay in Anaheim? Or would he have wanted to test the market? I don't know the answer to that. Um, and the other thing is, you know, where does Pat Verbeek, I guess, see the team two years, three years, five years, um, maybe not quite as close to contending right now as, as some other people think. And I don't think Anaheim's particularly close either. So maybe he figures it'll be a few more years anyways. Um, and now we're talking about a guy in his early 30s. Wow. Those are, those are my best guesses. Still, still got to sell tickets in uh, Disney World. <laughs> right? Still got to feel the team like you said. Hey, Mike, really appreciate your time. Thanks for doing this. All right, guys, anytime. Take care. Thanks, Mike. Lindholm is the type of guy that I think he's going to be effective when he's 37 or 38. You do, eh? I do. Just like the way he plays? Yeah, and there's not a lot of ton of pressure on him uh, to to produce. I like him at that number a lot. Like, if you're Boston, you know, it, who was it? Was it Chris or Mike mentioned the cap going up? But it was supposed to go up big, big, big. But also now that they things seem to be turning around the world, I think it will go up over the course of that Lindholm yeah. deal, and it's going to look like a pretty affordable contract. And it's, again, first-rounders, great. But, okay, now go try to replace Lindholm yeah. in the next few years. Good luck with that. You know, Defense yeah. defense are so hard to find. Don't have to ask the Leafs that, right? So, I, you know, I, I because I agree with you, I disagree with what Mike said about the uh, Hamannick deal not making sense for Ottawa. Like, for me, someone has to play. You need some hockey players on your hockey yeah. team. And like, and not just for, you know, specifically that this deal is a great one or something, but like for the forwards that you're signing and wanting to be part of your core, yeah. like get some NHL players who can at least handle some minutes and make you feel like you're competitive, right? Look at, like you got to play if, hockey. Okay, we mentioned the taxing, the taxes in California for mm. Dandenoff. Yeah. If he needs another reason why he doesn't want to go to Anaheim now, they got rid of Lindholm. They got rid of Manson. Yeah. They got rid of Raquel. Yeah, they, they're not trying to win. What am I doing? Where, where do you want to go? And here's, the, here's another thing, too. He's got another year on his deal. We mentioned the 6-5 cash, the 5 million uh, cap. He's going to go to Anaheim, and they're going to trade him next summer. Yeah, at next, the deadline. At the deadline. Right. They're not going to keep him. No, that's a great point. They're not going to keep him at, at, at expiring deal, expiring rebuilding deal, team. Get a second rounder, maybe a conditional first if he's scoring 20 goals, yeah. 25 goals. Doesn't want to deal with that crap. No. Uh, I got a, a text for you or a tweet from uh, at Kane Stats. Fun fact about the Dadanov trade. 
Ryan Kessler, who is playing with the last weeks of his contract, moves from California to Nevada, which brings his tax rate from 13.3 to 0%. About 174000 in taxes on the line for Ryan Kessler over this Dadanoff trade. He is cheering hard right now if he gets for the to deal go to, to go through. <laughs> yeah, he makes one hundred and seventy-four grand, And he hasn't moved off the couch. No, he's like, what am I? Wait, 100 and what? All right. He gets to stay on the couch. <laughs> That's a um, big swing. Yeah. Uh, Want to talk a little bit here uh, in, in the next few minutes about Kyle Dubas and mm-hmm. and just his demeanor. I'm, I'm sure when it was all said and done, a pretty frustrating day, if not week for him. You think? Well, we know everybody through Real Kipper and Bourne and anyone else who follow the Leafs, the wants and the needs. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, he, he checked a few boxes off in the depth department. Yep. But a lot of people thinking that it, it's not enough. But the one thing that would frustrate, frustrate me the most mm-hmm. is, I think, uh, the situation he had with Chicago about leaked information. Right. That one would have uh, sent me, like, over the top. Why would that frustrate you or him? I think there's just a, a code that, and, and there's an unwritten rule that, yeah. you know, conversations stay within so, the walls. Right, because it affects people's lives when they hear that they were up to be traded or, right? I guess that's 100%, the 100%. Yeah. Do we have uh, a Kyle Dubas on Kyle Davidson yesterday? We do. All right, let's do that. I, I mean, I'm, I'm disappointed that that conversation is public. It's not, I'm not criticizing you. I just, I've never had that before where... Um, these specifics like that have been made public. And I think, frankly, it's probably a conversation to ask Kyle Davidson on his availability in Chicago. I like that he called for a question. (laughs) You guys ask him about this. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, uh, I think he's got a beef here. And my guess now... So you're talking about Flurry. The rumor was the Leafs wanted to get Flurry and Hagel... For two firsts and Matthew were They were knocking on doors. They were seeing what was out there. I mean, I, I still don't believe, you know, uh, I, even if they came to the parameters of a deal, you'd still have to go to Flurry and convince them to come. I'm not sure if that was ever uh, clear or not, but there was a, a sense that, that that wasn't even going to get it close. Everybody has conversations on what if, what if, and the what ifs could be a million miles apart. You don't really want those conversations out. I bet he's pissed about the nice thing. Like he said on our show that he hasn't talked with Nyes and his family. They're in a, you know, competitive hockey tournament right now, right? College tournament. Can't yep. talk to him until after. I bet it it reflects poorly or he yeah. thinks it reflects poorly that they were considering trading well, the guy. They're going to say, come be a part of our team for playoffs. I, I think he also worries about Jack Campbell hearing that I, sure. I, I, I don't believe in you right now to right. come back. That so I'm going to go, another guy. I'm going to go get a Vesna winner right now. Or I'm knocking on the door. I think he thinks that that would have bothered Jack a lot. So he feels that Kyle Davidson, another, I don't know how old Davidson is. I think he's in his 30s still. A young first-time GM is maybe playing a little faster and looser than the other yes. GMs have agreed to make these sort of discussions Yeah, with that information. And the other one, too, was our good buddy yesterday from the star of our show. It wasn't you yesterday, Sammy. It was... Harry Carey Sateri. My boy. And getting picked up off of waivers. Hey! That one absolutely bothered him a lot. Yeah. 
And okay, so okay. it bothered him a lot. Do we have? Let's do that one yeah, too. Just and then this was off our show. Yep. Let's revisit this. I, I would love to say that it's just a, a, a something that that's in your mind or, or something like that, Kipper. But I mean, we since I've started, since I've been in this job here, so going back to October 2018, we've had 11 players claimed on waivers, and the next closest team has been six. So I think there's certainly something to it. Something to it. So what is the complaint? So is he complaining that he they're getting picked on, that the market, what, what's what the complaint? Think? What do you think he's insinuating? I think he's insinuating. Oh, that, I know what he's insinuating. Well, no, yeah, no, no. Just, I know what okay. we are, but say it. Because he thinks it's Toronto, there's a bigger microscope, people are just doing it to screw the lease. I don't think that's the insinuation. That's how I take it. What do I you think, think the insinuation is that because it's Toronto in the market, you had it that far along, there's more exposure of the names. So people hear the names, see the names, like, you know, Amadio and Brooks, these are not huge names, but because we talk about them and they end up on SportsCenter and on their SportsNet Central and all these different places, I just think he, he, more people see their waiver moves and think about them. Often it's like, you don't even think about Columbus, Harris, Terry, whoever that is. Yeah, I got a different theory. Okay. I think it's a lack of respect on Kyle Dubas. I think they think he's a pushover. Mm. And I think that they can get into his grill, and he's a nice guy, but he is a pushover. And I don't think for one second Arizona is worried about backlash. Would ever... Thank you. I don't think Arizona would ever pull that move on a guy like Lou Lamarillo. Not a chance. Mm-hmm. Not a chance that they would pull that on someone of that stature. I think they would be scared to claim a goalie that you just signed and you want in your system or you need in the Marlies because Wall went down and you would not mess with a, a guy like that or even maybe a Brian Burke. I think they look at Kyle Dubas and go, nice kid. I'm going to take advantage of him. So would the implication then be that those teams don't really want that player? Or even if they would want the player, they wouldn't do it for fear of pissing off Burke, Lamarillo. Yeah. I think, I think the fear, mm-hmm. they, they, they go at it, those general managers. Mm-hmm. They don't like to be shown up. And it's like, I just think... It's easier for a team like Arizona to go get a guy that you just signed off of Kyle Dubas than it would be someone else. And I do think it's sure. taking so, advantage of it. And to a lesser extent, Chicago, right? Would you be scared to death now to leak information out if you were talking to an established general manager of of like a a hard guy that you know is... I don't know. That would be speculating entirely. I mean, I, I, know, I don't I am know. Speculating. Yeah, no, I know. I, I, that's I, I, what I, I, we I'm do. It's radio. Saying, it's fine. I'm just saying that uh, I, I think I think if you pulled that crap on Brian Burke, he'd go ape on you. I, just, I guess I wonder what avenue, you know, a GM would have to get back at a team, you know? Like, I don't think they would be physically afraid of Lou Lamorello. I think they would be afraid of some spite or petty I revenge. I think it happens all the time. I think general managers have long memories, and they're going to say, "I'll, I'll I, fix you." I think that Kyle will okay. too. I hope he does. This guy, yeah. I hope he does. Right. I think he, he'd be petty and spiteful. I think Kyle needs to send a few messages back to the Chicago's and the Arizonas. And I say, just don't know how that. Don't happens. mess. Don't mess with my team. Just I wonder leave me is, alone. is this part of that though? This public 
dragging it into the fight is like the first step of being like. If it is, yeah, good for Kyle. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I, it's probably a combination of all the things we're mentioning, right? You know, screw the Leafs, more exposure, not bit, afraid yeah. of Kyle. It's just like I don't know. You want a Mario? Sure, grab him. Well, what's going to happen? You know, I, I, I don't necessarily buy the Davidson leaking info as like a. No, I say that's more no, of a no, 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 no. And I'm not insinuating of, that. And it's a, and a lack of knowledge. It, He's brand it, new on the job. He gave the scoop to somebody, you know, the wrong um, person. It's just the feeling that even if it happened, it, it's not that big of a deal. I think you'd be a lot, you'd be a lot more nervous mm. against other teams or other organizations or other general managers. I think they just look at it and go, ah, "Don't worry about it." And I'm, in all honesty, the way I know that it works, it wasn't Davidson who leaked the information. Right. It was somebody else in that who's right beside him who's taking notes, uh, somebody in that organization went and, and leaked it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I doubt Davidson's no. talking to anyone, but... But I would... I will say, I've been a video coach in those rooms. I'm like, I could totally submarine something <laughs> significant here if I ever wanted to. We should have a cage match between Davidson, the Kyles, though. Wouldn't you like to... So, Dubis... Like, like, a, like a Kevin Lowe, Brian Burke yeah, kind yeah. of barn fight so Davis used to play staff hockey and his teams all play staff hockey in the Sioux and the Marlies and and he had to stop playing because he's so angry and afraid of like physically losing his temper and hurting really? someone yeah so I take Kyle over Davidson then I don't know Davidson enough to speak to that but I think I told you and I mentioned this show like you know I've seen the man smash picture frames he's emotional and he's got a temper I Kyle yeah Really? Yeah. No, Because between him and Davidson, they look like they should be on, like, uh, Jeopardy or something, you know? What's Kyle's, game, what's Kyle's game like out there? You seen him play? Yeah, like, net front, uh, grindy. Yeah, definitely a competitive guy. I know. Yeah. That's funny. It is funny. Well, that, that's an interesting theory and part anyway. of the conversation. So, other deals of the deadline that we thought were interesting. Uh, Max Domi to Carolina caught your attention. That was one of the things. Yeah, I think... Um, Ron Brindamore has got some, he's got something to work with for sure. So, and he's got, he's got some upside here and we've seen is it. Is he a good kid? Yeah, he's a great kid. I've, I've heard, yeah. He is. He's salt of the earth, you know, and I know that. Seems like people like it, him. It's always Max compared to Ty. Right. Everybody wants to kind of say, you know, and there's a, there is an element of Max that he can snap too. We've seen it. Yeah. But, you know. Brenda Moore would be that type of guy to kind of hone that in and channel it and, and use it to, you know, hopefully in the best way for Carolina yeah. to be successful and Max to be successful, where Max is really going to have to make sure he's dotting the I's and crossing the T's is in his own zone. Defensively, yeah. being responsible, that is going to be a must for him and, and Brenda Moore. I wonder, you know, I asked that because, you know, I see in my Twitter feed people being like, ah, the bunch of jerks. You know, people in Toronto think Max Domi's a jerk because he played for Montreal and, you know, sassed off at guys on the team and all that. So, you know, they got D'Angelo, this guy that Leafs fans think is not uh, the greatest, you know, dude in the world. Um, interesting that that team has, has become, to Toronto fans, the bunch of jerks themselves. But I am curious to see if that's enough for Carolina, who watched the, the conference around them. Florida gets better. Tampa yeah. gets better. Toronto gets better. Boston gets better. D'Angelo Rangers back? get better. D'Angelo back? Because that, that guy, he's like been free money for them. Well, what's going to happen next year? It was a one-year deal, wasn't it? Yeah. Is someone going to give this guy... 
Six million dollars a year. What's he? He's a point per game defenseman, isn't he? I have to look this up. But. I, I think he's. I think he's going to be great for them down the stretch in the on the power play. Just as matured and on the power play. I yeah. think he's a really good. Yeah, he's really forty good. points in forty four yes. games. Yeah, ten goals, nine goals. Sorry. You know he's he's he been. He can QB that quarterback. Yeah, he's only twenty six uh, years old. On the this power guy play. right here on his stat line would get paid more than Hampus Lindholm. If everyone thought he was a wonderful salt of the earth guy that we're discussing, he would yeah. get paid that. And kind those of money. are the bargains, and they had to plug if, their nose big time on that signing. Though they, there was a lot of hey, stuff with him, a lot of big stuff. stones, though. Yeah, but they took it. They took. I, I yeah. mean, you can call it stones. You can call it whatever you want. They took some big time heat on the signing. Oh, I don't know but about they, that. They did. No, no, they did on social media. But I think oh, your point is like, okay, God. so no, no, like, but no, hey, I see your side of it. They got one of the, Listen, you know, they got one of a great young puck moving defenseman who scores for a million bucks. Yeah. I remember a few months ago, I don't know, maybe even like, how long is it? Six, eight, no, maybe two months ago, we had a conversation on Evander Kane. Oh, I know. Yeah. And I, I remember I, it well. I brought his name up. Nobody else brought his name up. And I said, this guy's going to play again. And you guys looked at me like I had three heads. I, I probably did the thing where I didn't say anything because I was like, ah, this makes me uncomfortable. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> and watch him now. And hey, it could go south tomorrow. We could hear the story tomorrow. Yeah. Um, that it's over. Or he can keep doing what he's doing and putting the puck in the net. All I know is for Sammy, maybe you could have envisioned him with Tavares and Nylander. Oh, I envisioned it. For <laughs> a million and a half. I envisioned it. How but- would the leaks the leaps have looked different? If they got in on it. Do we remember what the date would have been roughly? I'm trying. I'm looking at his game log, trying to figure out what he's done in Edmonton. He's got 10, eight, no, 11 goals. He's got eight goals this month in just March. He's a good player. He had another four uh, the month before. So, uh, yeah, that sounds about right. So whether you're D'Angelo or, or Kane, you got to weigh out the pros and cons, and you got you to gotta put your, you know, what's on the line. But... You just you don't want to be to do that. You, know, you get burned, it's bad. You take on a bad guy and it messes up yeah. your room, and he you're, does something. You know what? You're better off signing Mrazek for twelve million dollars <laughs> and then putting him believe, on waivers in I March. I believe they call that that's, false equivalency. That's better. <laughs> Doesn't that make you feel so much better? Yeah, that's the case I was making. That, yeah, uh, that's a better deal. Oh yeah, it is. Uh, <sighs> these are tough. These are tough can, situations, and the off ice stuff spills over. That's. Can, can yeah, we, go ahead. Can we quickly talk about the least schedule coming up here? Sure we can. So they got the Devils tomorrow, Habs Saturday night. Gotcha. But then it goes Florida, Boston, the rematch against Winnipeg after the Hootenanny in Winnipeg. The old hullabaloo. And then it goes, and then it goes to Flyers, and then it goes t- at Tampa, at Florida, at Dallas. So three teams. Well, that, they, they've played Tampa twice mm-hmm. and have at least, yeah, is it and just they Tampa, once they more have, in Florida three times? Yep. And per- they have Boston per- twice again, too. Perfect for Jack to come back. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Good like, stretch for Jack. Don't worry. Keep Shelgren active. We need to keep him that hot. Back-to-back, you know, Florida, Tampa, then into Florida. God. They need, they need a goalie. Is it traded like so? <laughs> maybe they should trade for a goalie that's not, that conversation. Maybe they'll trade for a goalie that's not going to play in the playoffs. Just get him to the end. Just get Jack healthy again. Mm. The sport is stupid. Goaltenders are hot. They're cold. They're streaky. You don't know what you're going to get. You have a couple of guys who have been good for long stretches of time. 
you, you, you know, Mike Kelly mentioned you don't like being a team who's, who's banking on hope, but, I mean, who isn't? Whether how it's Bobrovsky and Ekblad or... How many goalies in the league right now where you put your head on the pillow and, and wake up and still feel great and not worried? Yeah, I don't know. Vasilevsky? Yeah. Demko? Shesterkin. Shesterkin, yeah. Shesterkin now? Markstrom? Yeah. You're sleeping well with Markstrom? 100%. Did you see that giveaway there? The nah. other night? <laughs> it's a tough, tough sport. No, I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with you. He's had a hell of a year. Yeah. Okay, so we've got four right now. Are we, are <laughs> I know. We, are we run, have we run out of sure things? Kemper? Ain't, ain't Swayman. Ain't Kemper. No, not Kemper. Leonard, if he's healthy, does he make you feel no. good? Okay. Billy Huso? No. V- Vinny Vivalainen? Never Harry done Sateri. it. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. Jari? No. <laughs> okay, so we're, we're still at four. Well, I know it's a, it's it's. You know there is thirty-two teams in the league. There's not many guys. It's a weird position, man. Four, four out of thirty-two. Okay, four out of thirty-two. But you also don't have to have the worst goaltending in the league. How like you the buck? Leafs have since January first. How you buck? Not this no, year. No, he was horrible this year. He had an off year. Yeah, that's. I can't really give you any other names. Even uh, Gibson. Yeah, he was one. He was one. I'm upset that Gibson never got to a better team than Anaheim during. I, you know, I hope this isn't decline for him because he was sneaky one of the best players in the league for a number of years, and everyone was like, "Yeah, you're in Anaheim." Carter Hart going to get back in there as a top goalie uh, conversation. Derek's yelling at me to say this. Okay, Freddie. Ooh, Freddie Anderson. The, Leafs fans would just simply say no. They're not sleeping easy with Freddie. Of course, Rob short side. If you're Rob Rindemore putting your head in the pillow thinking about your goal thing, you don't the the, the highlight reel of goals and no, because you always have in the back of your mind that it hasn't worked in the biggest moments. McKayev, short side. He might have been passing that puck. I, love- <laughs> I don't know how that. I watched that one back a few times. I have no idea yeah, why Freddie that. Might have read that play right. It was just a bad McKayev. There, there are times when I. I I cannot get it any slower, and I still don't know how the hell that went in. I know. I mean, Freddie's making a hard push across on that one. I don't know. So, uh, quick little gambly thought for tonight. Mm. How far? How many games? 11 tonight? It's busy tonight, isn't tons it? Tons of hockey. How the hell do the Leafs not play? I know. Yeah, they played, I think, twice in eight days here, and it's Nuts. a bizarre little stretch. I, I got to tell you, the Vegas Golden Knights, you can get them plus 143 against a non-playoff team tonight in the Winnipeg Jets. Does that not tickle your fancy? Like, do they still not have enough guys that Vegas shouldn't be a massive underdog? Plus 143. So that's that's my money's on Vegas tonight. I'm going to take them to really pull the rug out from under the uh, the Canucks. Just under 5 p.m. Eastern, and, and no word from the league yet, eh, on Dandenov? I don't know. They don't know They either. need to say something here. The Vegas... Uh, Vegas and Winnipeg tonight. What time? Yeah, it's... Uh, right, 8 p.m. Eastern? Yeah, 8 p.m. You got it. Come on. Like, you, you got to make a decision before that puck drop. Do you not? Coming down to the wire here. All right, our thanks today. Mike Kelly, Chris Gear, Sammy, JB, Derek, always a pleasure. What do we got tomorrow? Game day, finally? Tomorrow, I, th- I believe we're going to be joined by Florida Panther Ben Sherratt, new Florida Panther. Oh, you can tell them that uh, your your numbers are no good. I, I asked him if the numbers are good, and he said he's a very good player. All right, thanks for watching. Hey, give us a rating and review. Down, uh, download our podcast and let us know. We'll see you tomorrow.